If the, the Lordship of Jesus is not taking the, if Jesus is not Lord over you tonight, then you begin to think about all the things. Declare his Lordship. Tell the Lord tonight, prepare my heart for worship. Prepare my spirit, soul, and body for worship. Lord, I want to hear what you want to say. Lord, prepare me for a great worship tonight. Everlasting Father, we thank you. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. Amen. The book of Psalm 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with, with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, and he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. If for no other thing, thank God for his faithfulness, and have this in, in our heart. Let's have this in our heart as we read the book of Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwelleth therein. For he has founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the waters. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his heart to what is false, nor swear deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord, and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Amen. Psalm 145, please. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises, 
and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth is speaking praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen.
Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be your name, Holy One. Blessed be your name, Holy One. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Blessed be your name, O God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, King of Heaven. This is our third day on this holy mountain. We bless you. We magnify thee, Lord. We thank you for what you have been doing. We thank you for what you are doing tonight. Because the Bible says on the last day of the feast, wine was made available abundantly. It is the night of Holy Spirit. We give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' holy name we are worshipped. Turn to some beside you and welcome them in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. Take your seats in the heavenly places. Let's give our put our hands together for the choir. teaching you on time the night and then after my teaching and prayer we will worship you know because tonight is quite very strategic the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me today really when I was with the youths the young ladies the bride of Christ Hallelujah. The youth of royal destiny. I can't hear from you. Are you here at all? <laughs> I think I will have called Brother Toby. Because he's the one that you respond to when Brother Toby is speaking. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I was addressing the, the, the ladies today, the youth of royal destiny. And I looked at each one of them, my heart was so glad. My, my heart was glad because I can see the urgency of Christ in their hearts. I can see people who really want to know the Lord Jesus, who are curious to know Jesus. And I can see a future in them. My God will guide and guard all their steps 
they will not make a wrong choice of a man. I jealously pray for them. You know, if you are a lady in this church committed to God so much like that, my heart always pray for you that you will not take a wrong step in marriage. Similarly, I pray for my young men that you will not take a wrong wife. Because I know what those two things are. If Satan cannot get you, if he can mislead you to marry a wrong person, that will become a pressure point by which you will be striking your life. Am I talking to you? And I think this is the reason why every one of you must know this. Christ Faith Tabernacle is a church sent by God to open your eyes to God so that you may serve God directly, not through a man. Of course, we enjoy the benefits of the grace of heaven which the Holy Spirit bestowed upon us. Nevertheless, we do not make ourselves a stumbling block to any man. Neither do we present ourselves between man and God. We watch, we are watchmen who stand at the door of heaven to hear what heaven is saying and only announce it to the earth so that the people of God on earth can know how to run by the grace of God upon my life. But you know, I show you how to run, take you to the field, help you to run, and then leave you alone. When you gain enough momentum, so that together we can run at speed, especially in this end time, that Satan has gone wild. But I'm telling you, we will tame our devil. I didn't hear you say amen. We will tie him on a, on a rope and put him on a stick, so that he cannot go beyond that place. And devil will not have foothold in your lives. I've been sharing with you your new identity in Christ. This is a very rare message. While I was sharing this with you today, the Holy Spirit asked me, Tell me, what is the definition of love? (laughs) And it, it caught me unawares. And I began to answer what I think love is. Because it depends on who you direct that love towards. Isn't it? I love the church so dearly. I love my members so much. That if there's any reason why I want to continue to live in the physical, it's because of my members all over the world. I have this great urge which a parent will have for their children. A good parent husband and wife, we have a very driving urge in their heart that I want to lead my children to the place where they can be content. Completely comfortable so that they can, in my life, I can see them establish and run their life comfortably. Similarly to the spiritual, I long to see, I long and ask God for the life so that I may be in a position that I have set every member of this household on the path of heaven, if that is possible by God. And I believe it is possible by God. So that I am confident that none of you is running a race that will end you in hell. But you are running a race according to the word of God. 
so that you come to maturity whereby nobody can deceive you. That is my greatest heart. If I achieve that, and I say to those who have achieved it already, I've achieved that to a number of you already, and by the time I achieve that to all of you, it does not matter how many people attend Christ with Tabernacle. I don't want crowd here. And I don't want crowd to follow me. Of course, when I do my crusades in various nations, stadium is jam-packed with all manners of people. But then I always have compassion in my heart that what happens to them after I've gone. But for your own case, when that is accomplished, and you are running, and I can put fire in the tail of the foxes, and set you ablaze in the country that you abode, and then I can see you turning around all the tables of the devil, correcting errors, showing people the scriptures, and living the life of the word. And of course, I'm confident that when you do that, you will succeed. Not just only in the spiritual, but in the physical. Your success will not be, it will be unimaginable. And that is what I'm waiting for. There is nothing in life in this world to wait for to live. But for the people of God to be thoroughly equipped so that they can be the defense of God in this end time. And God can pour His Spirit and power upon you. Christianity is the most opportunity any human being can have. If anybody knows Jesus, he is most fortunate. And so, what I've been teaching you about your new identity in Christ... It's very necessary for you to know them. We started this lecture from the book of... Shall we say it together now? Second Corinthians 5.17. And what did he say? Therefore... If a man being Christ Jesus is a new creature... Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And all this is from who? God. That's what I want you to know that your salvation is not by the decision of man or by decision of woman. That's the reason why my wife cannot take my salvation from me and I cannot take her salvation. Somebody say amen. amen. Wife will not stop my salvation regardless of what wife I married. In this case, I am fortunate. Because I marry a real wife. <laughs> I think what you do is this. Well, it's all right. Let me use the communion table. Thank you. I married a real wife. You know, let me say this to you before I go on in my scriptures. There are some of us who are unfortunate. I was sharing this with the young ladies. We are unfortunate in the time we married because we did not know God well. Okay? So we took decision by the facial appearance we see. I will still tell you what love is by God. Towards this meeting. They, they just chose somebody because maybe she had a good smile or he had a height or short or whatever. Only for them to find out that when their decision went to Christ, the partner have a different view. And that's the beginning of war. Am I talking to you? For anybody listening to me across the globe that that's your life, I can tell you this, that that your partner should not stop, you're going to heaven. Let me tell you this. Jesus said, if anybody will follow me, he will take what? His cross. 
and you follow me. You will not be justified to deny God of yourself, of your life, by giving such excuses because you choose that person with your hand. Am I talking to you? So, Paul said, What shall separate us from the love of God, of Christ? Nothing. No wife, no husband. And if it is husband you married and you discover that, well, you just took a naive decision at the time. Now you are in Christ Jesus. Okay? If my wife says I would not go, I will go. If my child says to me I would not go with you, I will go. Because I came to the world through one womb, not two wombs, and I came alone, not twice. Even if we are twins, one came before the other. No twins put their head together and come into earth. And so if my twin brother says, I'm not going, I will go. Those things shouldn't stop you. They are temporary and they will soon fade away. But I will not because of my wife deny God or disobey the word. No, no, I will not. I will keep her if my wife was that, that's negative and opposite. I will leave her in her chamber while I move on. I will have nothing to do with any other woman until I see the Lord face to face. Because I don't really need a wife. Apart from procreation, pleasure, you don't really need it. Because some people are born Enoch. And they still live their lives. And some people make themselves Enoch. And they still live in life. The best relationship a man can have is intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Am I talking to you? So if you are in that trouble, no problem. But if you are not, you must be very appreciative unto God. That is the person you married is a child of God. And you are serving God together. You don't know how much God saved your head. Hallelujah, somebody. It makes you to be able to think aright because two are better than one. And so I'm saying this to say that if then you have found a wife or a husband that is a child of God that wants to serve God, don't make life difficult for them. You will not go scot-free if you do that. And the reason why you come to a church like this is that you may know the truth and correct your ways so that you may have peace. Amen? Amen. Those who seek success don't get it. But if you seek the one who is the author of success, he gives it to you free of charge. And he gives it to you comfortably. There is no reason why a Christian should be having headaches succeeding in life. The Bible says all things are yours. And today I'm talking to you about the reasons why Christians can be afflicted. Now, write this down. I am a spirit. I live in the body. And I have a mind. So, if I'm a spirit... And I live in this body, and I have a mind. Some will say that you didn't speak about your soul. Your soul is a component of your spirit. The heart of your spirit is your soul. And the heart of your body is your mind. So, the development of your soul determines how strong your spirit is. John 2 above all things I wish that you may prosper as your soul prospered so the development of your soul 
is what determines your spirit development. All the message in church, all over the world, anybody who stands on the pulpit to address human beings, and they are speaking by the Spirit of God, they have one intention, the same intention. Of course, expressed in various forms. Anytime we hold the microphone to admonish one another, to encourage one another, our intention is to address the soul of man, so that the soul of man can grow. That's our intention. Because when your soul grows, then your spirit will mature. It is by the development of your soul that you are able to access the realm of the spirits. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. God had richly blessed us in the heavenly places with all spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So, it is the development of your soul that will empower your spirit to access the spiritual realm to bring down the manifestation of the blessings that God has given you. So, imagine a Christian whose soul is bankrupt. He is still born again. He is still born again. But he has been bamboozed with all philosophy of men and all doctrines of demons. What happened to him is that his soul is erect. Therefore, his prosperity will be truncated. Because the Bible says, I wish above all things, I wish above all things, above your salvation and everything, that you prosper, but according to your soul. And this is the reason why Christians are not supposed to watch on YouTube any doctrine that is of the devil. Anything that will make you fear or make you slave, you watch it on television, you bankrupt your soul. Christians should not engage themselves in any action, any attitude that will bankrupt their soul. And so the book of Philippians said, Whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report, if there be any virtue or praise, I should set my heart to think about this or consider it. So anything that is not of value to God, anything that is not worthy of God, anything that you cannot engage yourself in and Jesus will show up in the midst of you alone, and this is Jesus said, Son, I've come. And you you will not feel ashamed before Jesus. Anything that is of such, that's what you should engage yourself in. I'm telling you this because I want to prepare your mind for the reason why Christians can be afflicted. A Christian cannot be cursed, but a Christian can operate under curse. I'm sure you recognize I've said that to you again and again. A Christian cannot be cursed. It It means that there is no voodoo priest or wizard or warlord that can cast spell on a Christian and it works. It's not possible. It's impossible. For several reasons I've told you. There's no demon of hell that can make a Christian do something. A scripture. Because the Bible says that only those who are led by my spirit are sons of God. So if you are led by the spirit of God, how can demon lead you to do some acts? Impossible. Impossible. I think then Christians begin to think about then how can I be led by the spirit of God? That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. Listen to me. So therefore, but a Christian can walk under curse by his choice. And that choice is called ignorance. When a Christian decides to walk in ignorance, it's because he knows the truth, but he decides to walk in ignorance. Because the message of ignorance appeals to your human body, flesh, and not to your soul. It is contrary to what your soul desires. And you decide to follow that doctrine that your flesh really desires, then you will go under curse. Look, 
There is a way that seemeth right to man, but dead end, Jesus said. And so Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So if you turn away from the way Jesus set for you, and you follow your own pathway, you will never have the truth, know the truth. You, you can't meet the truth on that way. Alright? And never can you have life on that way. So the only way a Christian can walk, that you will always have life and joy and truth, is the way that Jesus sets. And we're going to look at it in a few scriptures today. But don't forget this. That your spirit man, which is born again, your body is not born again. When you get saved, your body didn't change. Your size did not change. Your shape did not change. Because your body is just your clothes, your garment of your spirit, in which your soul resides. But for your body to function on earth, God has given you mind. Okay? Which is your faculty. So that all what you do in your physical body is a reflection of the mind. Now let me tell you the definition of love. Because that, it has to do with the mind. I felt that love, uh, you know, humanly, I would say that I don't know what definition of love is. And if you think you know it, I'm sure that you don't really know it. But I can tell you how somebody in love feels. Yes? Am I talking to you? So, for me, love, I see, varies depending on who you direct the love towards. I love the church. I love my ladies in church. I love my men in church. I love the children in church. You see all of them, once you finish now, they will all run to me. Babies and everybody, they are apostles, apostles. I carry all of them, kiss them, hug them. I'm leaving my trademark on them. Am I talking to you? You didn't hear what I just said. When those children are caught crying to me and I carry them, my hand touches them. Unction goes into them straight away. A voodoo priest will do the same. How much more? So I don't, I don't carry those children, you know, ignorant. No, I know. I know. And once they come in, those, those children can see more than adults, spiritual of the world. I come in and I touch them. They just walk away because they receive what they wanted. I have a love for those children. And that love for those children is to protect them, that God will help me protect these children and guide them aright so that when they grow up, they'll be greater than me in everything. That is my love for them. I have a love for every one of you who are married that, oh God, help their marriage to work well. Let them enjoy their life, their little life, small life remaining. You know? Let them be free from Satan and all the deception of hell to look for trouble when there is no trouble. And to argue over nonsense. And then discover that they wasted their one hour in life which they would never regain. Arguing over foolish things. Getting angry with one another for nothing. You didn't marry somebody under your roof to be angry. That was not your original intention. You don't marry somebody because you just want to punish somebody and torture somebody. No, that's not why you marry somebody. You marry somebody because you want to have happiness. Joy. And I, I pray. My love towards you is... To pray that God will help your heart and help your understanding. I want to know, I don't want to hear any bad news from any family. Good news all the time. I sit down in a table called a chair called good news. So for me, every member of CFT, good news, good news, good news. Those who are in education pass with decision. Those who are in businesses explode. And somebody here will start a business and become a PLC. That's what I'm praying for. That is my heart for you. That's my love for you. My love is not to milk you. 
My love is to guide and, hide and, and help you to walk in the path of success. That's my love. My, my joy, my love for, you know, women, you know, and uh, uh, men, my love for women is very protective that God help these women that they will behave correct. I don't want anyone to oppress my, my women in the church. I don't like it. I hate it. And my love for the men is that they won't, they won't have women who will punish them. Because my mother didn't punish me, my wife didn't punish me. Am I talking to you? So my love towards the women is protective. My love towards the men is pity. Very protective. So for each sector of the church, I have a love. And on that love, I bend my knees day and night. I will never wake up and sleep without praying for you. It is impossible. It cannot happen if I have the breath of life in my nose. In the midnight, sometimes I pray, I start to pray for you. I did that today. Just to pray for you. My children will tell you, I don't have much time to pray for my children. We pray together. But when we pray together, they will hear me pray for the church first. But don't you understand I'm a wise man? Because when I pray for the church, they are included. So why do I need to distinct them again? You know? So my heart of love towards you is, demonstration, is demonstrated by my action towards my emotion. About you. Is that not correct? But at the same time, I love or like, not love. I like. I have things I like. Yes. And like is different from love. Correct. You must understand this to be able to understand the next level I'm taking you to. Now, what you're talking about is your spiritual and your soul. Okay. I like all these carpets, this color, with this, the match, the chairs. I like all this, this flower. I can't love them because that's nothing I can do to them. So I like them. I like all this, that the women put their mommy, they do all this stuff. Sometimes I will, I will snap against it, but they overpower me. I leave it, but I like it. You understand what I'm saying? It happened at home. Put the, put the pillow here. No, this is where the police should be. Who determines where pillow is at home? It's the woman. A man fighting over pillow, God deliver you. <laughs> there are better things to fight for. But if a woman put pillow here, he put pillow in all the chairs, and you are saying, ah, where will we sit down? You better sit down where your buttocks can. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, everybody, we're happy, isn't it? It's division of labor. Hmm? I like it. I like the way my wife dresses me. I like. But you see, the things I like don't remain in my brain. Mm-hmm. Well, if you come before me, if I look at you once and I see the way you dress, I appreciate it. When I leave you and go there, ask me to describe what you wore. I cannot. I can't. Because I didn't love it. I liked it. The things I love are things I remember. The things I love are things that move me. You must distinguish between the things you love and the things you like. The thing you like is subject to variableness. But the things you love can never change. Can never change. I'm telling you this because I want you to understand the reason why Satan accepts believers or some believers walk under curse rather than walking under blessing. Now, when I look at this love of man, and I was asked, uh, answering the Holy Spirit about what love is, he asked me. 
I think the Holy Spirit now told me a definition for love. As in the context of God. The Holy Spirit told me and I wrote this down. Love is emotion translated into affection. Love is an emotion translated into affection. Those of you who are philosophers, maybe it's a good thing to research into. It's emotion translated into affection. And when the Holy Spirit said this to me, I was blown up. Because the Holy Spirit is about to show me beyond the love I have for you, I have for my wife. Yeah, 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 I didn't finish that. I was talking about the love I have for church and stuff. But when it comes to my wife and my blood children, the love I have for them is different. It embraces all these I've told you. But more than that, to my wife, my affection is given. Okay? Not to my children. Alright? Because all of them now have gone. So if my affection is to them, there will be a lacuna in me. Am I talking to you? Now you may question that affection, yes. My love for them does not translate to affection. Rather, it translates into uh, empathy. It translates into sympathy sometimes. Because my love for them is that you will succeed. You will succeed. That's all. Both in God and in life. So everything I do for them is succeed. And I know in my subconscious that I'm making them what I want for the purpose and benefit of some other person in the future. Am I talking to you? But I know that in that love, I'm securing my position. I don't want to be a father on earth that today wife throw the load of the husband by the window and the husband have to fly by the gateway to come and talk to me at home that your daughter have just thrown me out. Okay? So if I train my daughter in the way of God and I help her to succeed in life, to be somebody, I'm making that for her because she will belong to somebody else in the future. Alright? And I will have peace at that time. I can sleep in my bed. If I invested in my daughter, I can tell the husband, I've invested into you, adversely, indirectly. So I can claim from my daughter and my son-in-law, my dues. I believe that. Same thing with my son and the wife of my son. But it's different from the love I have for my wife, because... For better, for worse, together we live and die. It's not an investment that will ever leave me or I will ever leave her. Am I talking to you? So, if you say to my son, to my daughter, I have affection for them. Well, maybe to a little degree, but with caution. But to my wife, there's no limits to my affection for her. Because she's going nowhere. Whatever she is, for whatever she will become, is my mug of coffee. She's going nowhere. 
We have to fix it together under this roof. Somebody say amen. Not stay with everybody. Mommy says stay with everybody. Not stay with everybody. I have members who have told me after I've given all my support, direct my love to them. After sometimes, ah, Daddy, I'm moving on. I can't say don't move on. I always have the open wide door. Yes, that's the door is widely open, but it's not shut if you want to come back. It's like my son coming to me now that I've met my wife and I'm going. Who will help him to go quick? It's me. When my daughter came and said that she's met her husband, quickly I'm preparing her, quickly to totally jump in there. Excuse me. Because that's all my, my, my love to keep these, these children is to put them in the place that they too will continue to do the same. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah. But you see, to one person, it translates into emotion. If she leaves me, I will cry. That is emotion. Cry and cry and cry. Weep and weep and weep. Pray, pray, pray. Fast, 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 fast. If I didn't fast for anybody, I would fast. <laughs> ah, that would make me fast. Uh, excuse me. So, when the Holy Spirit made me understand that, then my heart is at peace. That I'm on the right track when it comes to love. Jesus says, do you love me more than this? Is there anything you love more than me? Jesus said to Peter. And then when Peter said, Lord, but you know I love you. He said, let your love translate into emotion. Feed my sheep. Beloved, our love or life of love to God must be unwavering. Let me just read the scriptures very quickly to you. I said to you again and again, a Christian cannot be cursed. But a Christian can walk under curse by his choice. By listening to demonic teachings and also listening to people who already are taken over by Satan and follow their advice and counsel. And I've shown you yesterday that, you know, when you are in Christ Jesus for a few days now, you are a new creature. All things have passed away. We ended yesterday by helping you to know the root of law and the root of grace. That Moses came with law, but Jesus came with grace. So anybody who is under law can never encounter grace. And anybody who is under grace can never encounter law. That's what the Bible says, isn't it? And so Galatians chapter 13 verse, uh, uh, chapter 3 verse 13 says, Jesus delivered us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So he took our place in curse. In order that, in verse 14, the blessings of Abraham can come upon us who we are cursed, now blessed. And then we went further to look at the word of curse. We discovered that in the book of Hebrew, chapter 8, verse 13, it says, now that the new covenant is going, really, let me read that Hebrew from, from, from 12. It says, by calling this covenant, for, for, for I give you the... In the 
for I will forgive their wick. No, go to verse uh, 10 or so. So that for those who didn't come there. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that day. At that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I love that. <laughs> you see the interest of the, of the Bible. God will not put, he will put the law in your human mind. Because now you know you are spirit, you live in the body, you have a soul. But for your body, you have a mind by which you think. And that is what is responsible for your emotional love. But your godly love, it is your soul that is, in, in, uh, you know, responsible for your godly love. However, if your soul is well developed, your mind, humanly, will become the mind of Christ. Because your human mind will be regulated by the mind of Christ. Which is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. Now, but let me finish this with you. We ended yesterday by saying, that you know, the old covenant is dead. It's, it's obliterated. It says, I will make... I will make with... No, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after, after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. This book of the law will not depart from your mouth. What is it? Joshua 1.8 This book of law will not depart from your mouth. You shall be careful to meditate. And where do you meditate? In your mind. Yes? Put it there, put it there. We'll come back to this 10, Hebrew 10. I'm talking about God said He will write the laws, He will put the law in your mind and write it in your heart. That is what Hebrews said. The word of God must be in your mind, but it's written in your heart. With your heart you learn, with your mind you speak. You remember my lecture on that? Okay, so Joshua now said, Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. So, anything you speak from your mouth, out of the heart, abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, God wrote it in your heart, so that your mouth can speak it. Meditate on it day and night, and that is your mind. Instead of thinking about offense of somebody, thinking about your failures of past, thinking about everything the devil can throw to your human mind, the Bible says, you should meditate upon the word that is written in your heart. Am I talking to you? God cannot use a person who does not have the word in his heart. Because some of these scriptures I'm quoting now, I'm quoting them from my head, because they are written in my heart. Are we, are we getting together? So, meditation is in your mind, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you what? Be, be prosperous and successful. And King James Version says, you will make your way prosperous. So if you are a Christian, you are suffering from, you, you are not prosperous. And they are, they are telling you to do deliverance. Nonsense. Nonsense. What is responsible for failure of a Christian is your heart empty, so your mind unfruitful. Give me King James on that. It says, and then thou shalt have good success. It says, yeah, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. 
It is you who determine whether you are prosperous or you will not be prosperous. So anybody going for deliverance over prosperity, you are just being deceived. Someone just brainwashed you. To prosper, the word of God must be in your heart and you must meditate in your mind. If you don't meditate in your mind, what you allow to pass through your mind is what determines your failure or success. I was in your midst in my old age. I said I want to go and do law. People said every reason why I will fail at that age. You can't do law when you're in 60, so. And I did it. Did first degree, did master's degree. I only held my, my PhD. I'm going for it. Because I have to go and do other things like arbitration. And became a chartered arbitrator. I did mediation, became a chartered mediator. In my old age. Who told you that your brain is dead? Who told you that? Have you ever read in the Bible that at a particular age your brain will be dead? When, when, when um, um, uh, uh, Moses' uh, friend, what is Caleb said that uh, at the age of 85, I'm as young as I was. He wasn't talking about a physical being. He's talking about the agility of his mind. His physical body cannot be as young as 40 years younger. You know that. But his brain is incorrect. At 85, listen to me. Someone said that you need deliverance because you are not succeeding in life. Show him the scripture. And show him Hebrew 10. Hebrew 8.10. Am I talking to you? In Hebrew 10.10 he said, I will write the law in their heart and it will be in their mind. In Joshua 1.8 it says that meditate upon it in your mind. But speak it with your mouth and be careful to do everything as it is written in that book. No wonder John, third John 2 says, Above all things, therefore, I wish that you may prosper as your soul. So receive the word of God and say there. That table is laid. You understand that? Yes, church. Nobody can tell you that you need deliverance for success. That person is a bankrupt himself. The person who recommends that is a bankrupt because he's blind. Go back to my Hebrew. The point of Hebrew is this, before we go into these curses. Hebrew tells us in verse 11, No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother say no the Lord because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest and then verse 12 says I love it shall we read together <clears throat> so God covered everything whether you call it wickedness or sin he covers it if you are a wicked person you accept Jesus God forgives it if you are a sinful person you go to Jesus he forgives it by the way I felt very strongly in my spirit that CFT church should start in Manchester this year and I'm not cranking. I want, the, I, I want the, the administrators to write it down. From next week, we're going to Manchester to begin to look for a property that we will buy and we will move our arsenal to Manchester. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Listen to me. I see lives crying, raising their hand in the spiritual. And they are crying for you to come. Like the man who saw the man of Macedonia saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And the time has come for this out to spread the seed. So that that which you have heard from the mouth of apostle, you will be the herald of it across the globe. 
That's why you are writing down when I'm speaking. Come on, let's enjoy my father. He says, He forgives your wickedness and he remembers your sins no more. For this generation, why? Because of the last verse. Shall we read that last verse together? Verse 13. By calling this new covenant new. So what is obsolete? Law. What is current? Grace. Somebody is, maybe you are joining for the first time, you don't understand. Go to the book of John, chapter, chapter 1. And let's look at verse 14 to verse 16. Shall we read together verse 14? The world became. Uh-huh. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Don't forget that verse 16. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received what? Why? Verse 17. Shall we read it? For the law. Uh huh. So, law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. And verse Hebrew 8 13 says, By calling this Jesus Christ covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete is aging. So, the law is obsolete. So, a Christian cannot come under the curse of the law. Now, the Bible says so. Galatians 3, Galatians 3.13. Let's look at it. Shall we read together, please? Christ redeemed us. Yes? Uh-huh. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Because the law is obsolete from the time of Christ. With all their curses. The law is obsolete from the time of Christ. With all their curses. You remember there are two scriptures that talk about being obsolete, being old, about the law. If you look at the book of Ephesians chapter, 3, chapter 12, I read to you from chapter 12. If you look at that chapter 12 from verse, verse 13, you see 13. Galatians uh, 3, 13. Ephesians 2, 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you are ones who were once, who once were far away, have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who had made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier and dividing line, uh, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law.
So if Jesus abolished the law, and if you look at the scripture, he went further to say, and its consequences, the law with its commandments and regulations. You know, in law, that the consequences of the law. Any regulation written about the law, regulation of prosecution and sanctions written because of the primary law. And the judge cannot go beyond the regulations. He can only pronounce two, two, two kids who are just sentenced in England. Everyone in England knows it. The judge did not just pronounce something from Hamai. The judge said some statements. And one of the statements he said is that the sentence, the years of sentence, may not appear fair to the victim who are the parents of the one murdered. Go and listen to her. But what she's saying is this very clearly. In my mind as a judge, I will have given more. But anyway, the sentences are written within the regulation of the law. As much as I may love to give more, I cannot. But this may seem unfair to the parents of the victim. So the regulations that came with the law is the curse of the law. And Jesus blotted it out. He took it out. So for the, I said that before because of those who are, who are teachers of the word. Now let's explore this, Galatians, very quickly. You may begin to say to me, but why should, why should some people, some Christians are walking under curse? I believe you understand why. If a man is in Christ Jesus, is a new. And Jesus says that my sheep hear my, the voice of strangers, they will not. Interesting, he didn't say my sheep follow my voice. He said they know my voice. Isn't it? So he had completed it. You know the voice, you follow the voice. The voice of strangers will not follow. Each time a Christian walk under curses because they follow the voice of strangers. And it's the voice of flesh or the voice of demons. As far as I'm concerned, then you'll be punished. Punishment will send you back to recognize that your life is not as far as you think. Someone paid the price with his life. It's better you don't join them as a child of God than to join as a child of God and be saying that in some instances, as far as I'm concerned, that is called a rebellious child. And Satan is the one who rules over rebellious one. Ephesians chapter 2, chapter, 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 yeah, Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 3 covers that. And we need to know this. And he says, the purpose of your redemption, he redeemed us in order that the blessings of Abraham will come upon, we, we, the blessings of Abraham will come upon the Gentiles, verse 14, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might access and receive the Holy Spirit. Now curse, we have been delivered from curse. Yes? And I will say this to you. If you are born of God, you only need to know the rules of engagement. And follow the rules of engagement. There is no curse for those who are in Christ Jesus. So there is no deliverance from curses for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So I say Christian cannot be cursed. Let me look at one scenario. We're going to look at the Old Testament children of God. And why the devil could not curse them. The first one I want to look at is Laban and Rachel. 
You know, Rachel was the wife of Jacob. And if you want to read the story, read it from verse 30, verse 30, chapter 30 of Genesis. But I'm going to read from chapter 31. And when, when Jacob was leaving Laban, after all the rigmarole that Laban gave him, uh, Rachel stole an idol of the father. That tells you that the man is what? An idol worshiper. You know, people used to say that, oh, if you had any contact in your past with the occult, if you had any contact in your past with Ouija board, if you have any contact with your past, in your past with some altar of the devil, then they are haunting you in your new. I say, lie. Uh, I had my ancestors worship Satan. Until now, they have not thought of chasing me. <laughs> Excuse me, somebody. Eh? Let me give you a simple illustration of it. If we believe that because your fathers went to altar of Satan, and my father didn't just go. My father has his own altar. He's the one who created it for Satan. Am I talking to you? Mm-hmm. Now, if I believe that the altar and the spirit of that altar can run after me, Excuse me. You need to ask me which road am I passing? Am I walking in? Because if I'm walking and the pillar of cloud is before me and the pillar of fire is behind me, I don't think any demon will be so foolish to come near the one behind me or before me. If I, I'm walking in the path with Jesus and on, 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 on leading me, I'm sure that Satan himself, if any demon wants to just misbehave to run there, Satan will warn him that if you dare go there, (laughs) it is Satan that will punish that demon. Excuse me. But if I, if they are doing a carnival in London, I also go and be dancing. Dun 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 in carnival. Aha! The way of who? That's the way of the devil. The demon will say he had left the way of Christ before he remembers to go back. Let's finish him. That is one of the reasons why some Christians become casualties. Let me say that I'm walking the way of the Lord Jesus Christ and loving everybody. And somebody did something against me. That's so terrible. And I say, God, I can forget. I can forgive. I cannot forget. And my not forgetting, I begin to act against that person. Say so now we say, hey, ah, how many of you remain? We have been stalking after them. We can't go near because it's under the, the, the shadow. Now, where is the cloud? It's gone. I will have said the language you don't understand. <laughs> it's in my life, it's in my talent. Oh yeah, they will follow. They will attack that person and deal with him. By the time you say, ah, Jesus. Something has entered his physical body, which is his cloth. Then you go to some people, they say that you need deliverance. I don't dispute it. You need that thing that is in your body to be cast out. Two people can cast it out. Yourself or a third party. Because if a third party will cast it out, how will he? In the name of Jesus. So what is wrong with your own mouth? That you cannot say to your body, you this body, you belong to me. And go before Jesus and say, I knew where I got it from. I went to carnival. I'm not supposed to be there. Others were in prayer in church. I was in carnival. I was watching pornography. 
Now I'm having sex on the dream. With people I don't know. You know? When they are praying, I'm sleeping. I said they will pray for me. Now I begin to, they begin to chase me on my dream. I began to walk around in my dream. I don't know where I'm going. Because I have not been giving myself to prayer. That is being sincere. Before the Lord your God. Understanding where you are falling. According to the book of Revelation. Everything the Bible says I shouldn't do, I'm doing. And you name them one by one. One by one. You don't generalize, not generalize them. One by one, what you do. I keep malice. People greet me. I took my, took my eyes away from them as a messenger of Satan. But God, I'm your child. I create malice in the church. I create dissension in the church. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. And first get set to your bill before God that gave those demons right over your, your cloth. And then say, now nah, come back. Satan, before you say in the name of Jesus, you see all of them run out of you. But let me say this. Jesus said, if I cast the demon out of you, the demon will go. And he will come back. If he sees that the place, the garbage that was there, before they cast him out, has even mounted more. He will go and call seven stronger spirits and enter that same body. And the end of that person will be strongly destroyed. What do you call deliverance? Say, washing them with the word as with water. Instead of people to help people understand why Satan took your garments and abused your garments and get them to repent back onto their God so that they can operate the kingdom authority over that garment. An angel of the Lord appeared to me one day. Let me share this with you. You know, I told the, the ladies today that I really want you to have personal relationship with Jesus. All this religious Christianity, stop it. You know? You know? An angel of the Lord appeared to me. And when the angel appeared, he said to me that I have been sent to come and teach you something. I said, oh. And he sat down. He said, you sit down. I sat down. And he just said to me, look. The Lord told him to tell me that the children of God on earth will command the fire of God against the enemy and it destroys. When you direct the fire of God to any devil, they roast and they run, they flee. Because it will be so. Fire will come out for you. Real fire, when occultic people are among us and we are worshipping, they see a cloud. But when we begin to pray, they see arrows of fire coming out of our mouth. That's what occultic people see. If any one of you hear me on television, come out and tell me now. Okay? That's what they see. And when the fire is too much, I've seen somebody in a church before, when the word of God is going, it's like this. Uh, hmm? Huh? He's ducking. He's ducking. And then when the, the fire now increases, he says, hey, hey, help me, help me, help me. Began to confess. Nobody told her to confess. She confessed <laughs> whatever, anything. And the minister of God said, come out in the name of Jesus. And the demons are out. What happened? He said, when you are preaching, I was seeing fire coming like a it was It was little by little by little by little. And then, and then, I couldn't talk anymore. You will see that happen among you. It will happen through you. Am I talking to you? Therefore, a child of God cannot be cursed. But you will find your curse in your body. That's a stranger you invited because of your ways. If you see what happened to Laban, 
So when Jacob, when Rachel stole the God of the father, that's what we're talking about. The father said, let me go and curse him. Jacob had taken my idol. And when they came and found Jacob, it says on the third day, Genesis 31 22, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. Taking his relatives with him, he pursued Jacob for seven days, understand this, and caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. Then let's read verse 24 together. Then God came. Uh-uh. Excuse me. This is which doctor that they stole his God. He has right to put curse. How can I explain to you English people? There is something I want to say. You can understand it. God deliver me from this uh, old, old uh, 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 family that I belong to. There is something to say. This is, this, this, this is a statement. You know, in the Okon, they have their own language. They say, This is it. I won't ask you how many of you have rats in your house. <laughs> there is rats, there is mouse. The rats have normal mouth, but the mouse have long, three blind miles, three blind miles. <laughs> you are English now. That's what you say. See how they run. They run after the farmers. If they run after the farmers, whatever. If the farmer just thought that I saw a rat, I, I just picked a rat and I killed it with my hand. You do that to a mouse, the teeth of the mouse has venom to kill you like a viper. If a farmer sees a mouse, he will not touch it. He will go and look for a stick. To smash that mouse. So I'm saying that to say, if God double cross a witch doctor because of his intention to go and put a curse on Jacob because God loves Jacob, how much more God double cross Satan or witch doctor if they decide to put a curse on you? Who God lives inside you? God did not live in Jacob. He didn't live in Jacob. He didn't live in Jacob because the time of Jacob is the time of grace. He didn't live in Jacob. He lives in us. He went to God double cross the witch doctor. That, let me tell you this. Though they stole your God. But God won things concerning them saying, Touch not God's anointed. This man that you are going to touch. You can't even bless him. You have no right. You, your mouth is, is dirty. You can't open that mouth or curse or bless him. If you open that mouth, I will deal with you, God said. So how can you tell the saint of God that because they have got an altar of their father of forefathers, the demons have right over there? Nonsense. Nonsense. 
My father's name is Oshori Wali. He didn't change that name. You know some people, they change their name. It's your business. If they name me Shongowa, I will be an apostle Shongowa because... <laughs> Because how would you know that I came from Shongo to Jesus if I retain that name? If I don't retain that name. That name has nothing to do with my destiny. It is who controls my mind that has to do with my destiny, not the name I'm called. It's different from the time of Jabez. Jabez was not born again. So they can call him Jabez and he's Jabez himself. Excuse me. Excuse me. Blessed are those whose sins are what? Forgiven. And whose sins the Lord will never count on them. Because your name is not your name. Your true name is Christian. So when you call me any name, you say the son of Jesus. Call you any name, you say the son of Jesus, right? Your name that your father gave you is just to recognize you among others so that he won't pick somebody else. <laughs> That's how they gave you name. That's it. They gave you names so that they won't pick you. They go, someone look like my son, pick him, let's go home. But then he discovered that ah, God will be not behaving, he's not behaving like this son. Hallelujah. <laughs> he has something to do with your destiny when you are born again. Am I talking to you? We spend our time over useless things because they appeal to the flesh and forget the grace and then walk by law. And Paul said, whoever is under law is under the curse of law. Go and read that Galatians chapter 3 to the end. And of course he said you cannot continue in sin. And what? Expect grace to abound. But let me finish this. Do you know what I'm establishing here is that whatever the devil feels, whether your forefather touched an altar, died in an altar, ate in an altar, covenanted you in an altar, if Satan directs a person to curse you, God will double cross them. This is one evidence. Let me give you the second evidence, and that's where we're going to stop tonight. I want you to recognize the value of the blood of Jesus. And the value of the cross of Calvary. I wish I'm back as a Baptist pastor when we sing. On the old rugged cross, Jesus saw fire and die to pardon and sanctify me. So I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophy at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday To you the old rugged cross so the blame of no on the old rugged cross stood an old on the hill that's the first verse go to the third verse in that old that's what I'm singing 
stained with blood. It talks about sin. When I was dead in my sins and in uncircumcision of my sinful nature, God made me alive with Christ. He forgave me all my sins, including my forefather and generational sins. The next verse says, Haven't canceled the written code with its regulation that was against me and that stood opposed to me. He took it away, nailing it on one. 
God. The cross! The cross! The cross! The cross! The next verse! And having disarmed the powers and authority, principles and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphant over them by the, the cross. By the cross, Jesus made the head of the devil. And you have the cross. We hold the cross. Jesus hung on the cross, but we embrace the cross. We embrace the cross. We carry the cross of Jesus right. Everywhere we go, the cross is before us. Who can then bring charges against God's elect? Please take your seats in the heavenly places. Tell somebody, I am not cursed, I'm blessed. I cannot be cursed by Satan, by demons, or by men. I'm blessed forever. Law came by Moses. Moses is not my savior. Grace came by Jesus. Jesus is my savior. I don't belong to Moses. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to the cross. The Bible says from the increase of his, of his grace, we all receive one blessing, one blessing, one blessing and then the other. One blessing and then the other. One blessing and then the other. Jesus paid the price. Someone says, you are cursed. That's a lie. If you are born again. The last thing today, I want to deal with altars. And also substantiate from another evidence the reason why a Christian cannot be cursed. And will end this service. I want us to look at Numbers 23. For those of you who are just turning in, I'm Alfred, the son of Oshoniwali, wizard has come home, Williams. I'm fed up of all the wrong doctrines about curses and deliverance people have perpetrated in the church, which hold bound men and women by the pews in fear of the devil, men and women who are supposed to go out and bust the brains of Satan. And so the devil filled the whole nations with his own messengers and causing havoc. That will stop in this era. I want to follow this story before I explain to you. Understand, the two things we are looking for is, can a Christian be cursed by any power? And we have seen that in Genesis 31, that it's not possible. Because the voodoo priest, whose idol was stolen by his daughter, and the daughter mingled himself, herself with a chosen one, and the father, who is an idol worshiper, decided to go and curse that man, and the God of Abraham showed up. When they call your name in Ouija board, it is the face of Jesus that answers. When satanic people do their incantation, invocation over you in the time you are sleeping, the moment they mention your name, your Savior shows up in their midst. That is the reason why they cannot touch you. This is the benefit that anyone who is born of God enjoys. So if you are listening to me and you have been bamboozled all over the world, you only need to give your life to Jesus and this will be your inheritance immediately. Now look at this, this story, very good story. 
1, Numbers 23, 1. Balaam said, always put the scripture before I read, please, next time. Balaam said, build me, and well, the beginning of this story you find in 22. Um, maybe I do it. Let me read chapter 22, from verse 1. That's the beginning of the story, so that I can understand it very well. Then the Israelites traveled to the plain of Moab, and camped along Jordan, across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all the Israel that Israel had done uh, to the Amorites and Moabites, and Moab was terrified because there were so many. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of Israelites. Now understand this. Maybe somebody just is not happy with your, because of your progress. Somebody is angry because of the presence of God over you. Just envious and decide that let us, let us extinguish him. You know, how can it be that you are the only one who succeeds? Why can it be that you are the only one? Not knowing that you have, is because you have known Jesus Christ. Okay? So this is what happened. They saw the glory of Israel. And they saw how Israel, anything they do, they succeed because God was going before them. But they only saw their success. They don't know the God who is behind the success. And so Moab now was afraid and said, come on, let's go, t- let's go deal with these guys. You know, Moab symbolized the devil because they are idol worshippers. So, now, so, how will we do this? They decided to consult more powerful person than them in a cult. That's what happened. Then Moabite said to the elders of Midian, this horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. So, Balak, son of Zippor, which is their king, who was their king, the king of Moab, at that time sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Boar, who was at Peter, near the rivers, in his native land. Balak said, a people has come out of Egypt, they cover the face of the land, and have, have settled near me, or next to me. Now, come and put a curse on these people, because they are too powerful. So understand this is one of the reasons why in a cult they use curse. When they put a curse on someone, it weakens your power. You get it now? Sometime I will tell you how that operates. Curse operates in the mind of man. When they cast spell, curse is a spell. Let me even tell you. You know when they cast spell on a person, okay? How does the spell manifest and affect the person? The spell... They will ask, when a, a, a person speaks a spell or a curse, a demon or some demons are assigned to the word. It's like when I speak a blessing on you or you speak a blessing on somebody, angels of God are assigned to the blessing. There are different angels in different sections of God that if you pronounce a particular blessing, it will invoke some angels who will make it happen. Okay? Similarly, when a curse is spoken, in the chambers and volumes and chapters of curses, there are evil spirits assigned to various areas of curses. The moment you speak those curses, the, the spirits that are in charge of that area will be assigned on the word. Okay, now this is how they do it. So when they come to the person that is cursed, they will begin to manipulate the mind of the person before they can access that body. That person will yield to their manipulation in thoughts and action, and then they access the body. That's how curse operates. And it weakens that person, or it was contrary to positive charge. 
That's why I say, let's put a curse, maybe we can weaken them so that they will not have any power over us. But then he says, the elders of Moab, verse 7, and Midian left, taking with them the fee of divination. Underline this, when they came to Balaam, they told him what Balak has said. Then verse 8 says, spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will bring you back. The answer the Lord gives me. So the Moabite prince stayed with him. God came to Balaam and asked him, and asked, who are those men with you? Now you see, that tells you that Satan cannot curse anybody if God had not permitted it. Nothing Satan does on earth without anything he does on earth is permitted by God. Either by the standard law of God or by consequence of the law of God. So, that's what happened. God double crossed him. Now, go to chapter 23. So, when God double crossed him, go and read that when you get home. God warned him that these are my children. Don't touch them. However, chapter 23 said, Balaam said, Build me seven altars. Now I talk about the lecture on altar, the altar of your father, the altar of your grandfather, the altar of your ancestors. You know that some people are teaching that now on television. You have to destroy the altar of old, the generational altar, and also altar. Now this man built an altar against Israel. And let's see whether Israel went to destroy the altar. I don't know what business you have with altar that does not exist. See what happened here. Not just one altar, seven altars. Even if they will build 21 altars. Is useless. Seven altars and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam said and built seven altars, seven bulls and seven rams. And the two of them offered a bull and a ram on the altar. Watch this. The person who they are offering this altar around for, they don't know that they are doing it. Israel was in his own place, sleeping, waking up, not knowing that a king has gone to consult the higher power of the devil. And that power had told them to build seven altars. And they had built seven altars. Israel did not know what is happening. But there is somebody who knows. His name is Jehovah Seas. Jehovah Seas. When trouble blow, Jehovah knows. <laughs> so, in this case, this tells you and I, Christians should not bother themselves about what they don't know. You have an invisible God who takes care of the invisible. You remember I told you, Jesus told me that before? He says, so why do you worry about the invisible? When you serve me the invisible God. He said, let me handle the invisible. You concentrate on what you can see to better the life of people. In your life. I don't suggest that. Maybe the devil will. Maybe the devil will. I'm not in his kingdom. And I don't represent him. Never will I tell anybody. Maybe what you, what you are. What, what's happening to you. Maybe it's, your, if you're, it's, from, it's from. Everybody will stand before God. To give account of what you claim God said. By the way. Let me just say this. In this house. I've been told that some people mingle with this church who are not members of safety because the person who came to tell me said they were giving him prophecy if you are a member of CFT you have no right to give anybody prophecy if anybody give you prophecy in this church 
They met you and they are giving prophecy. Know that they are messengers of Satan. They don't belong to Apostle William. So. My pastors cannot. Nobody has the right. When I give prophecy, where do I give it? In the service. When prophecy that is from God is given. The Bible says that when you are meeting, somebody prophesy. Those who go back door to God and give prophecy are messengers of Satan and they are lying. If I send another pastor to come and come to your house, I don't send him to come and give prophecy. I send him to come and pray. They cannot give you prophecy. No member of CFT dash prophecy. In this church, we don't do that. Am I talking to you? Yes. If, you're, if you know you have prophecy, prophesy to yourself first. And let's see what that prophecy did in your life. So if you're a member of CFT, your ear up. 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 If a prophecy is not spoken in the meeting under unction, whoever has it should shut his mouth. And you know it's not from God. This is what I'm saying to you. That when Balaam was planning, Israel does not have to know. Whatever Satan plans against you, you don't have to know. If you need to know, Holy Spirit will reveal to you. Are we together now? Now let me finish this, this scripture because this is the end today. This will have been a lecture on its own. But I will bypass many things so that you go and read the story yourself. So now, verse 8. Verse 7, isn't it? No, 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 no. no. That's not correct. I'm not in that verse yet. Verse 3. Yes. Who is the one behind this? Don't move. To where you are not told to. Please. So number three says, Then Balak said to Balaam, that is the witch doctor, said to the king, Stay here beside your offering while I go aside. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell. I'll tell you. Then he went off to a barren height. Listen to this. So when he got to the barren heights, what happened? Verse 4, God met with him. And Balaam said, I have prepared seven altars. And on each altar, I have offered a bull and a ram. Then the Lord put a message in his mouth. And said, go back to Balak. And give him this message. Just as he did to Laban. What is the message? So he went back to him. And found him. Standing by his own altar. Standing by his own sacrifice. See what God does to your enemies. Verse 7 says. Shall we read together? Then Balaam uttered his oracle. Balak saw. Mm-hmm, Son, Balaam brought me from Aram, the king of Moab, from the eastern mountain. Come, he said, cause Jacob for me. Excuse me, why did he say cause Israel? Jacob is dead. It is his generation's downline. Do you know what that tells you? Your Jacob is Jesus. From the day you are born again, you are rebirth. That's what the Bible tells you. That's what I've been showing you. Your generation is now. You took your generation from the umbilical cord of Jesus Christ. 
That's what the Bible says. And that's what I've been showing you. In the book of John chapter 1 from verse 12, it tells you that. If a man is in Christ Jesus, the new creation, all things are passed away. No, no, no. It says that as many who received him, God gave them power to become sons of God. Sons born not by natural descent or human understanding, but born by God. That's why I told you, if you are a Christian, truly, if anybody calls your name in the occult, it's Jesus who answers. Because it's Jacob who answers here. He says, come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come the now Israel. Shall we read verse together? How can I? Uh-huh. Why? Can you imagine? This, these words or statement establish the principle by which curse can work on earth. Anybody that is cursed and it affected him is because God permitted it. If God does not permit it, it cannot happen. So how can God permit his children to be cursed? When it is for the rebellious one or disobedience. The witch doctor they consulted said, It is impossible for me to utter a curse on those that God has blessed. In other words, he said to the king, You want to kill me? How can I curse? Those that God has not cursed. How can I denounce those that God has not denounced? Let's read the next verse, shall we? From the lofty, rocky hill, I, come on, from the rocky peak. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Read it again. Excuse me, did you understand that? What about you who follow the fashion of the world? I just share with the young ones the reason why Christians are afflicted. You, if you decipher the Lord, nothing of the world shall appeal to you. Bleach your body, nonsense. The demon that made people bleach the body when they die is the one who stands. I'm a Christian, no, it will tell you that this is your body. Is it God who told you to, to bleach it? And then he will show you where he told you and you did it. Aborting children is murder. If you live a life you are aborting children, it is Molech that is inspiring you. Because Molech is the one that, that take and accept children's sacrifice. The people of God sacrifice their children to Molech. So, all the government that are saying that abortion should be legislated, and they are, they are all under the demonic influence of, I mean, the devil, knowledge. He's the same in charge of every perversion of sex. How can you say you're a Christian and you're a murderer? The one you did in the past, you forgave. But how can you not do it now that you know the Lord? Look at what that man says. He said, those who are God's children, from the rocky peak I see them, they are not part, they, they are, it's not the way he sees people go to church. He sees people who are of God, of Christ. From, when Satan wants to look at the, uh, their eyes, or God wants to see who are they, let me, let me read their future so that I can destroy it. He can't see through, because they are too far away. I will tell you where they are. I see a people who live apart. They don't behave like the world. And do not consider themselves one of the nations. What is about one of the nations? All the nations are ruled by Satan. 
They sleep by Satan, they wake up by Satan, they do things by Satan, they think like Satan, they dress like Satan. That's where all these women put in four earrings in one ear. I want to cut the hair to pieces. Chain in the leg when God has not chained you. Do you understand that means they have spiritual connotation. They came from a cult of the sea. My father was a wizard priest. I talk to you, you must understand what I'm telling you. But you don't believe in it, that's what Satan wants, so that he can afflict you more. You don't believe in failure, but they're lecturing you, you don't read book. What will you do? I mean, your failure will be flung from Toronto to Canada. <laughs> the world is not as you believe. The world is set. They don't behave like the ungodly. Let me say this to you. I think it's a better atmosphere to say. I've said it before, but I'll say it to you. The conformity with the world is enmity to God. You know why they could not curse these people? They don't behave like the people of the world. Excuse me. We have been having issues talking to the young ones. If somebody is old and he's behaving like that, we say that, ah, what's wrong with this old woman? Your body is the temple of the Lord. You see all this skirt they wear that show their laughs. Anybody who does it, it is Molech behind you. You see all these dressing women would do and they would show their breasts. I don't know who you are showing it to. It is Molech. Yeah, I mean, you show, it's reasonable. A normal human being would think that a woman who belongs to a husband... She will keep her nakedness for her husband. Am I talking some, some sense? So when that breast becomes free for all, I don't think a sensible man will retain such wife. Because if that woman can do that, then that man's man too should show all his private to the whole world. And you know that somebody who did that recently, the, the police booked her, uh, booked him. It's his madness. Total insanity. I said it to the young ones. You know, some people come to prayer in church and you put this, this, this thing they put on this. What do you call this? And then it goes like a wizard. It is witches who do that before. We know them. It's part of their decoration to just make themselves look funny. Yes. It's ancient. They do it. They do it. Am I talking to you? Now, if a woman who claimed to be a, a Christian girl now lost that, something happened right in your mind. Is it enemy? Those are the things that give foothold to the devil that they attack Christian and afflict you. And then you go to ignorance, they will say they are conducting deliverance. They don't need deliverance, you need repentance. You defile the temple. You bring other gods into the holy temple of God. Excuse me. And by the way, women who are as close as possible naturally dressed, they look more beautiful than those ones. Because when we see you, we know you are artificial. You are not really, you are counterfeit. That's what it presents you. You know, you have long, go and put braids like Beyonce to your buttocks. Who is fooling who? Remove it from your head now. Let's see what you have. Excuse me. Excuse me. If God didn't create you with long hair, accept how God made you. Thank you, sir. 
Excuse me. If you think that you attract reasonable men by unreasonability, I'm telling you, it is unreasonable man that will be attracted with unreasonable acts. <laughs> he may look like he's reasonable, but if you open the coat, you will see that inside is gede gede. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Excuse me now. So, Balaam could not touch them, not only because of God, but because of them. Who are them? They are children of God. They obey the Torah. They don't worship idols. They dress according to the Torah. They don't cherish any evil thing. You can't attract them to those nonsense. All the time, they are chanting the Torah as they are going. They are chanting the Torah as they are going. They are meditating upon the Torah. Look at them. Go to Tottenham Court you see them. When they are even crossing road, they don't know. They will just be greeting that Torah and be crossing the road. It is God that will wait for them. In England. Now go and see those Jews, Jews boys. With beards. And some tunic. When they are reading, they are reading their Torah, they are reading their Torah, they get to the, to the road, they will just keep going, they just keep going. They have so much confidence, that much faith, and the car will stop for them, traffic for themselves, they, they are going. If you, no matter how mad a person is in England, when you see somebody just reading Torah and is going onto the road, you have your better pressure. They don't care what you think. They care what the Bible says. So Satan could not see them. They are all always under the canopy. The reason why Christians are afflicted, it is because of your stand. But you see, if you go back, read through that scripture, I cannot see, I, I mean, there is something I want to read. They could not touch them. See, I see people who set apart, who are set, who live apart, and do not consider themselves one of the nations. Who can count the dust? He began to bless them. Your enemy will bless you. Amen. Then he went for another to say, Balaam said to, Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies. Verse 11. But you have done nothing but bless them. I say your enemies will bless you. Why was it that he was blessing them? (coughs) Because God double-crossed the one who should curse and change his tape. He put word in the mouth of Balaam. Your God will put word in the mouth of your enemy. You didn't hear what I said. People need to do you don't need to go for deliverance of any curse. Anywhere it does not exist. Consider your wayward ways. And then he said, Balak said to Balaam, What have you done? Verse 12 says, He answered, Must I not speak what the Lord put in my mouth? God will change the tape of your enemy. He will put your blessing in the mouth of your enemy. When he opened his mouth to curse you, in his mind he is cursing, but in his mouth he is blessing you. That's what happened. I will show you what happened now, how that happened. And then we're going to close. If you look at the book of that same chapter, it says, Balaam, in verse 15, said to Balak, Stay here beside the offering while I meet with, with God. Because, you know, really, you know, before I jump to that side, after Balak 
Balaam spoke to Balak. Balaam said to him again. Balak said to him again, go back, maybe that place is not good. He says, so he took him, in verse 14, to the field. You know, barren height first, to change his position. Whether they take your, your case to Mami Water, and they, they decided your, your, your matter in Atlantic Ocean. They, all of them is mentioned Atlantic Ocean in Nigeria. If you see all the Mami Water girls, they, they, they did their meeting in Atlantic Ocean. If you see them in England, they will say they went to River Thames. They may go to River Thames. They may go to Indian Ocean. It does not matter. Anywhere they go, they will meet Jesus there. So don't be afraid of those who boast of those nonsense. They cannot put one air from your body. Because you belong to the Lord. And he says that then the Lord met him in the field. And put a message in his mouth. And said, go back to those who want to curse my people. And declare another oracle. I want to read that because that belongs to you. But he said, then he uttered this oracle, Arise, Balak, and listen to what the son of Zippor will say. Any human agent assigned to come and curse you, we tell those who beg them to curse you to arise and listen. You don't understand what I'm telling you. You know okra. How many of you have eaten okra before? Good. You see, okra, when you plant okra, for those of you who haven't eaten English, English cats, boys and girls, you don't think okra grow like pear. It's not avocado. Okra grow in its, in its stick. And you see, when you, when, you, when you plant okra, you know, the okra will be growing before your eyes, before your eyes, before your eyes, before your eyes, and after some time it will grow to your height, and then it will grow, and some of the okra, they are very funny. They will grow so tall, and at the tip of the, so that's where the okra will be. And that okra is the one that is the best. But it will go up and say that they will not pluck me. But when the, the one who planted it come, he will burn that okra and he will remove it because you know that is the most delicious there. Excuse me. However, there are some okra that the owner will be saying that I will, I will, I will rip you tomorrow. I will rip you tomorrow. By the time it comes in, they have become non-edible. Okay? So, what I'm saying, I was saying is this. Before your enemies, you will prosper. That's the meaning of it. Somebody who wants to wait after casting spell on you, and he wants to now wait and see your life obey spell, he will be there till he grows gray hair. Contrary to what he thinks, he will see your life blossoming, 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 blossoming. Why? Holy Ghost is bubbling in your life. Whether they go to the field or barren heights, God will meet them there. <laughs> That's what happened there. God met them there. But by God, <laughs> He sits in heaven and sees everybody. So what did God say to say? Shall we read verse 19 together? God is not a man. Yes. Hey, hey, hey! Say God is not 
not a man. Listen to me. God met Balaam again. You know when Balaam is comparing with Balak, and Balak is bumping anger to him. He said, okay, just give me your offering. He will take the offering from him. You are, you are the one who have money. You are the one who have bulls. Okay, sacrifice the bulls again. Those in darkness are foolish. They can never have knowledge. They waste their money over nonsense. And then when he finished, he said, okay, come on here. Another one. God is not a man that he should lie. No, he's son of man that he will change his mind. He had told you before that he will his promise. And then he says, does he speak and not act? Does he promise and, and not fulfill? Verse 20, say loud, I have received a command to bless. Say it again. I have received a command. Then he had blessed. I cannot change. Say it again. He had blessed. I cannot change. Then verse 21. No misfortune seen in Alfred. No misery found in Christ's tabernacle. The Lord their God is with them. The shout of a king is among them. Somebody love a loud shout of the king of kings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The line of the tribe of Judah. When he shouts in the midst of his people. The man of war. When he shouts in the midst of his people. His voice is like thunder. No power can curse you. For those of you who are just watching. I have been to Ijebu. With all their voodoo people standing. The heads of all their wuru. I told them I beg you to curse me. They were shaking like leaves. You say anointing? No. It is because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not anointing. It's the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says, let he that has money boast not in his money. Let him that has wealth boast not in his wealth. Let him that boast boast in the fact that he knoweth me, says the Lord of hosts. I boast because I know Jesus. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. I make my boast in the Lord. I say I make my boast in the Lord. I defy any power contrary. He is God and there is nobody. So I should be afraid. It's strange. Some people sat down and locked up by Satan in some churches. Only to be, to be, to be told that they are demon possessed all the time. Get out of those churches. Because they don't know the way to Jesus. When you find Jesus, demons run away from you. He says, I'll stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you, by your will, open the door to me, I will come in. If Jesus come in, then woe to the demon that remain. It's either Jesus come in and demon leave or demon remain because Jesus has not come in. That door of your heart, you have not opened it. They sit you down and make your life miserable, giving you prayer points and all nonsense. Every day of your life is praying that somebody should die, somebody should fall and stop. Nonsense. You are depraved, debased in your mind. Don't follow men who debase you. Go to places where they will reveal who you are to you. And who will, if a leader says Satan is nothing, he should confront the devil before all the people. That is Christ's tabernacle for you. I don't teach you what I don't do. I told you that Satan is nothing. I go to them. They say the forest forbidden. I went into the forest with my members. And nothing happened to them. Not only in, in Nigeria. Same thing in Jamaica. We got to Jamaica. So immediately I came into my crusade. AK-47, three people were dead. They shot it. I demanded for the head of the, of the Yadis. By the following day, 
I spoke with him for 30 minutes. He fell. His head fell on my shoulder. God does not, he does not fear gun. He does not fear bullets. He does not fear Satan. He does not fear any ground. They say he's the devil. The Bible says the earth is the lost and fullness. Those people who are preaching about altar now, they are saying that you must go back to your altar. Some people are even taken to the grave of their father to go and take those. It is witchcraft. My father did that when he was a wizard. I know about it. If they tell you to go to a grave and do something, the person leading you is a messenger of Satan. It is wizardry. I know about it. They tell you to go and take the ground, the soil of your, of your, of your grave of your father. They have just sold you to Lucifer. Cheap. You become what they call scapegoat in your cultism. Anytime they need a sacrifice, they just come and sniff you up. That's it. And they will say that he's in church. But we didn't know that you have been going to them. You call them prophets. Prophets who tell you to go and sell yourself to the devil. Prophets who tell you to speak yourself naked before you can speak to the God who clothed you with righteousness. And they tell you it is God who said it. Prophets will tell you that you pray through a particular thing. Listen to me. They are all messengers of hell. If you follow them, no wonder curses upon you. Look at that. I love it. No misfortune is found in Jacob. No misery observed in Israel. But can you know, so you know this, you read it further and further. In conclusion, I want to take you to, haven't tried them and they couldn't find them. You know, the premise of it is that they do not live like the world, the people of God. They live apart from the world. Don't forget that. That is chapter 23, verse 9. Put that in your pocket. Let's go to chapter 24. In chapter 24, it says, Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, that is the witch doctor, he did not resort to sorcery. Some people have been saying that Bilam is a messenger of God. No, he's a sorcerer. Can you see that now? He was not a messenger of God. You see, let me say this to you. There are some mysteries in the Old Testament, you know, that you may not have to understand it unless people who have the background experience like us are not for spiritual encounters like us. In those days... God physically come on earth and walk like a human. We call that theophany, which is God appearing in the flesh, which is Jesus himself. So we hear that uh, God sat with Abraham and ate his food. It is Jesus. Am I talking to you? There are a lot of, a lot of appearances of that in the Bible. And in this time, he still appears to us in our dreams. And sometimes, physically. So in this case, he says, Now, when the wizard saw that it pleases the Lord to bless Israel, <clears throat> he did not resort now to sorcery. Like other times, but turned his face towards the desert. Your enemy will look for your God. You see, I want to show you how these Israelites, they couldn't curse them, what ended the matter. You see, so when Balaam looked out 
And so Israel camped and camped tribe by tribe. The Spirit of God came upon Balaam. The Spirit of God had come upon his donkey. And the donkey of Balaam spoke in chapter 22. Now Balaam himself now had decided to comply with God. That now God that I can't curse these people. And anybody I curse on earth is cursed. But now I can't curse these people. You did not, you destroy all my mediums. So he said now, the Spirit of God came upon him and he uttered his oracle. The oracle of Balaam, son of Zippor. This is not God speaking. The oracle of one whose, whose eyes see clearly. The oracle of one who hears the word of God. So when he was turning to sorcery, he couldn't see clearly. But now that he turned to God, the Spirit of God came upon him to use him. And he says, the Spirit of God will open your eyes to see clearly. And then you will speak the very word of God. So see, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are open. So it means that now that the Lord appeared to him, he fell to the ground. The Lord must have come in his glory. Different from what I've been talking before. How beautiful are your tent, O Jacob, your dwelling place, O Christ with tabernacle. Like valleys, they spread out, like gardens beside a river, like aloe plants planted by the Lord, like cedar beside the water. Water will flow from your buckets. I didn't hear you answer me. Your seed will have abundant waters. He says, the king will be greater, your kings shall be greater than Agag, and your kingdom will be exalted. And it's prophetic, these ones. God brought them out of Egypt, which is God brought you out from the world. They have the strength of white ox. That is what you are, a child of God. They devour hostile nations. They break their bones in pieces. With their arrow, they pierce them. Like a lion, they crouch and lie down like a lioness. Who dare to rouse up the children of God? Come on now. I say, who dare to touch you? Who dare to rouse you up? He says, may those who bless you, what? I love it. That is the blessing of Abraham. You know, Jesus redeemed them from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 13. And 14 says, in order that the blessings of Abraham may come upon you. So he said the same blessing. May, the, may those who bless you be blessed. And those who curse you be cursed. So Balaam can say that because he dare not curse. Because if he had cursed them and he said that, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. That's what I'm saying. Look what he says. He struck his hand. Then Balaam, then Balak, Balak's anger burned against Balaam. He struck his hand together and said to him, I summon you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now, leave at once and go home. I said I, will, I, will, I said I will reward you handsomely, but the Lord has kept you. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> you know what I just said? A foolish man. Is Balak not foolish? So he thought that his own reward to Balaam is something. And Balaam is better placed than him, better blessed than him. You only need to go and read about Balaam. 
The most is a global figure. He is the most known. They don't know Balak, but they know Balaam in every nation. That that man, when you open his mouth, that's it. Eh? He now said that it's God who didn't want you to get money. <laughs> when he was frustrated, God will frustrate your enemy. <laughs> When they expect some evil to happen, it didn't happen to you. They'll be frustrated. He says, now leave at once and go home. <clears throat> I said, I will reward you handsomely. But the Lord had kept you from being rewarded. Balaam answered Balak. Did I not tell the messengers? And did I not tell the messengers you sent me? Even if Balak gave me his place, his palace, filled with silver and gold. I could not do anything on my own accord, good or bad, to go beyond the command of the Lord. And I must say only what the Lord says, so shall it be unto you. Then the fourth oracle and final oracle, he said, but I want to finish with... 25. 25 is what tells you how demons can operate. And I will teach more about that later. While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality. Listen attentively. Listen attentively. That's what I'm telling you. Sexual immorality is not just having intercourse illegitimately. In these days, what do you call it now? This pornography, either paper or film or whatever, they are gateways for demons to enter your body. They are gateways. They are sexual immorality. So they began to engage with sexual immorality. <laughs> with Moabite women. Who invited them to sacrifice to their gods, the people ate and bowed down before their gods. Don't, those of you who are not married, if you are a girl, don't marry a Moabite man. If you are a woman, don't marry a Moabite. If you are a, a, a man, don't marry a Moabite woman. Some of you young men, you are looking outside when there are better girls in the church. You didn't look at them. Better girls having God. Be careful. Be careful. Don't marry somebody for any reason. First resume, he is born of God. To a woman, to a man, that woman is full of the fear of God. Full of God. That's the first standard. Am I talking to you? He said, invite them to sacrifice. To their gods. The people ate and bowed down before idols. This is people who do not behave like the other nations. They are now idol worshippers. Through marriage. Through sex. Through intercourse. Do you know what happened? So they joined in verse 3. In worshipping the Baal of Paul. And the Lord and the Lord's anger born against them. May God protect your heart and mind. Amen. You will not mingle yourself with Moabite boys or Moabite girls or Moabite women. Amen. Listen to me. If you attend CFT, 
If you hear my voice, if you don't do what I teach, your blood is not on my neck. Bible says if a, if a watchman hears from God and he warns the people, he says if the people did not listen, their blood shall be on their head. He said, but if a watchman hears from God and he keeps it from people, he said the people die, that watchman will pay with his life. God will not spare any man because of your calling. If you fall a victim of not telling the church the truth. You know, I told you young ladies today that, you older ladies, when you talk to the young ones about the truth, don't mirror, just tell them blunt and insist. The worst anyone can do for me or with me when I insist on truth is to depart from me. I'm better without you if you are the one. But for truth, as God lives in the presence of whom I stand, I will not compromise the truth for anyone from my wife, who is the nearest to me, to my children, to anybody. Because my life is short. If you think you will spend 100 years, you will soon get to 99 and discover that it's so short, too short life. When Balaam could not curse Israel, the Bible tells us this, and I would think on Sunday I will even dwell on it and finish it because we want to go to communion now. They, he, he sent he sent Moabite. He told Moabite, you know what can what can catch God's children is this: if you send your girls to their midst and your girls mingle with them, they will sin, and when they sin, their God is the only one who can punish them. Excuse me. Excuse me. So the moment the guests enter the church, what 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 were their leaders looking? You know in CFT, if I see any strange person in CFT church and preaching, preaching, I will just zero into that person and talk about how the person is doing so that everybody will know it. That person will have two options. Repent and stay here, or pack your load and out of the window. I won't take it easy with them. As long as I'm reading the word, I know the law. I'm protected by the law. Even in my opinion, I have rights in law. For my opinion. To be hard. And when we finish, if I can corner them, I'll personally go to them. Why do you dress like this? You come to a holy place, how can you look like this? I have the right in law to ask you that. And you have the right to tell me what you think. However, if, if the answer I get from you is not welcome, I'll tell you that this place is not for that, you know. I'm the governor of here. Hmm? You only come here if you want to go to heaven. If you don't want, may I not see you again? Hmm? There's no police that can arrest me for that. I haven't, I haven't studied law. I'm just starting. Am I talking to you? If I don't have work to do, I will read more law. Hello, somebody. So, that is if God has not engaged me more. Any spare time I run away from, I have to breathe out from God. I will go and do more. Do you know that? When these Moabite women came and joined Israel in marriage, you know what happened? 
The Bible says the anger of God burned against them. So the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of these people, kill them and expose them in bloody light. Do you see why Christians are afflicted? Christians are destroyed by the hand of the God who created them. Why Christians become a victim in the hands of Satan? And Satan cannot help them. All my children know me. They know the Father who gave birth to them. But they know the messenger of God who does not compromise. Am I talking to you? It may be a bitter pill, but you better swallow it. Let it digest in you. If you don't want the wrath of God to visit your camp, don't go to Moabite women for marriage. I will convert him. I will convert him. He will soon recognize that he, will con- he has converted you before you are converted. Inviting the message. Am I talking to you now? See, those of you who are just young and you haven't married and you are here, you grew here and also, you have better opportunity than those who are outside because what you know, some of them who are now adults, they, when they hear me, they pray that if we had had this, we would not have been in this trouble. So you who are hearing it now, you can spare yourself trouble. The only one that can punish his children is the Lord of hosts himself. And it is when his children spite him. He teaches them a lesson by punishing them. So for anyone to be telling you that oh, you, you need to break the curse, you don't need to break the curse. You need to break your attitude. You know, I told you about rules of engagement. On Sunday, we'll look at this and we'll look at the rules of engagement. And then I will explain more to you about your love to God. That is your defense. Your true love to God. This is my wife. I've, I met her in 1973. Met. I married her in 1983. This is 2024. As old as she is with me, she has lived with me more than she lived with her father or mother. More than anybody. If my wife tells me, I'm fed up of your God, I will give her an exit. I will just leave the house for her. I will disappear. When we meet again, it will be in death. And the same thing with me to her. If I will be the stumbling block for her, she better just pack her bag and baggage and leave me alone. Because the faith of the husband will not save the wife, and the faith of the wife will not save. The only thing that can do us part is Jesus. Not death. You know, we also say that till death is what path. So, husband and wife that die in Christ, they didn't path. One just left on a journey, and the other wasn't joining. But if husband and wife die without Christ, one died not in Christ, the other one died without Christ. The one who died without Christ will never meet the other one again. Then that is death part them. But for the two, who revive God, who worship God, you don't make life difficult for your partner. You worship God with your husband and your wife. 
you do your proper duty in your marriage to your wife and to your husband you don't deprive one another and you follow God death will not part you it's just a little exit on a holiday in which you will meet again may the Lord keep your soul may the Lord protect you may the Lord help your attitude that Satan cannot manipulate your attitude tomorrow is Sunday I will continue from where I stop. The Lord bless you. Let's stand up together. I want us to lift up our voice to heaven and pray. That the Lord in your grace will stand. In your grace will stand. It is just like the song they were singing at the beginning. I'm a new creation, not in condemnation. Now, in your grace we stand. Lord, we pray. Tell the Lord to sustain your soul. Tell the Lord to protect your heart. Tell the Lord to protect your mind. Tell the Lord to protect your ways. Tell the Lord to, to guard you from the wicked one. That the wicked one will not have access to you. Tell the Lord to sustain you and empower you and embrace you. Pray for your offspring and your children generation down line. Sovereign Lord, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Sustain us by the power of your name, O God. Let your spirit, O God, lead us through. Tell the Lord, let your spirit lead me through. You young men, tell the Lord, guard me in my heart that I will not choose a wrong woman. I will not choose a strange woman. I will not marry a Moabite woman. And you young men, tell the Lord, help me not to marry a Moabite uh, uh, man. You, you girls, that God will not let you marry a Moabite man. A man that will take you to idols <clears throat> will be far from your camp. Pray for your children, if you are parents, that Lord, the investment of Jesus are put in my children, Lord, sustain my children, open their eyes and their mind, that Satan will not deceive them. Satan will not deceive them. They have received the Prince of Peace. They will not join themselves in marriage with the children of Belial. No children, no young men or women in this church will end up marrying a son or daughter of Belial. But by your spirit, O oh God, you will guide their hearts and mind. Let's pray for our own mind, that Satan will not access our mind. He says, and in those days I will write my laws in their hearts. And your mind shall be filled with the scriptures. Anyone among our members who have strayed away, we pray that God will bring them back. By the spirit of the Most High, the spirit of the cross of Calvary. We break the yoke of Satan over ourselves, over our children, over our grandchildren. Pray for mercy from God. These are the children, the children born in church. They are the ones that God expects to repair United Kingdom and the nations of the world. May your spirit lead us on, Lord. Ministers, you can come around me. Lord, we bless you. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying. 
Shall we all come together, please? After this communion, we're going to sing a song. I cannot tell. I want every one of you in this meeting tonight to make a renewed commitment with heaven. Let me tell you. There's a song that we sing, but we know it in, in Yoruba. It says, All that tempts me, I left behind. All that drew me, I left behind. For Canaan land. Let us make up our mind to stop sinning. Because I told you this lecture I'm taking you on curses and all stuff. It's so voluminous. I, I wish I could do just a seminar for one week on curses. Which we don't have such time. Because of other things. But what I'm saying is true. Because I came from two convoluted backgrounds. I came from a satanic background. Mother, priestess of Baal. Daughter of chief imam. Who got involved with all manners of things. I know those works, you know, of addicts and stuff like that. That they do. And my father worships Satan. And I know all these gimmicks of the devil. I was also sat down by my father from very young age and he opened to me the tricks of Satan. I knew the tricks of Satan before I knew the Bible. He only now took me to the Bible to show me what he's teaching me. They are true and trustworthy. Enough of mouth service to God. Translates your emotion into affection for the Lord so that your life will not have a shadow when I take you tomorrow God will help me to be able to if I don't finish tomorrow because I prefer that I treat each step thoroughly if you start the minutes we treat tomorrow I will do it I will continue to teach you until we enter our anniversary I want to see a people who voluntarily fear God not people who are made to no because God doesn't accept such service I want the people who can enter into reality of God, not just coming to church on Sundays. People who can directly discuss with the Holy Spirit and discuss with the Lord Jesus. People who can hear and see, not by your mind, but sight, by vision, and engage in discussion in open vision. People who can hear and say, this is what God said, it will come to pass. But you have to put down the garment that has tamed with sin. Your love for the world must die in this meeting. So that we take this communion believing God. To engrace us with power of heaven. Flush out every thoughts. Every ideologies that are from the pit of hell. So that we can live for God and for God alone. And that is what we believe God for. You know, Jesus only had 12 people who attained that. But there are billions today. The vision God has given to me will be built. But only on those who have attained that height. That you can voluntarily serve the Lord. I have been among you for some years and have demonstrated this. 
have not joined those who are colleagues who have gone in diverse ways and they have learned the tricks of Satan in the land the devil dwells. And my success is not lagging behind to theirs. Really, I'm more successful than every one of them. Because my success is not only on what God has given, but with the encounters of the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that will never cease in my life. By vision, this church was born. By open vision, the day we started was given. And the Lord had worked with us for 40 years, 34 years, in the same stream of vision of heaven. And that is a testimony to you that what I'm saying is true. Whoever will follow me, Jesus said, he must drop his own cross and take my cross and follow. And this is the decision we want to make, every one of us. Both young and old. So we bow our heads right now and speak from your heart to God. Tell the Lord you dedicate yourself to Him. You want to really serve Him. Christianity is not just coming to church. It is experiential life with the living one. It is direct connection to the holy altar of heaven. Which has the power over everything upon the face of the earth. And tell the Lord to strengthen your soul. Not to walk in sin anymore. Not to yield to the devil anymore. But to yield to God. He is the only benefit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We receive your cleansing blood. The blood of sprinkle over our heart and mind. We thank you, King of Heaven, for strength by your spirits. In Jesus' holy name we are prayed. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whosoever eat the bread and drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and of the blood. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing or discerning the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment or condemnation on himself. That is why many as among you are weak and sick, and some have fallen asleep or died. For if we judge ourselves, we will not come under judgment. Our God and King, we thank you so much for your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. We receive this from you with gratitude. This hour. And I ask, Lord, if anyone that is sick will drink or partake out of this communion, 
I declare by the healing power in the blood of Jesus, they are healed. I also declare, Lord, that everyone who eats and drinks in this, their spiritual eyes be opened. Flesh will die. Desires of this flesh will die. And the new man in us, born by the Spirit of the Most High, will arise within us, saturate us, and guide and lead us. Let your name be exalted. In Jesus' holy name we are prayed. The body of Jesus was broken for you. Take this remembrance that Jesus died for you and be thankful. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for you. Take this remembrance that Jesus died for you and be thankful. The body of Christ was broken for you. Take this remembrance that Jesus died for you and be thankful. The body of Jesus was broken for you. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. Take this remembrance that Jesus died for you and be thankful. I think the choir can join me on this. Unto Jesus I surrender. The body of Christ was broken for you. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. The body of Christ was broken for you. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. The body of Christ was broken for you. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. Sing it into your microphone. And can I hear their voices there, please? You can hear me too. Can you hear me from this? You should. So can you make life this bigger? that Jesus died for you and be thankful. And they drank together.
Have we covered everyone? I told you that I sung that rang in my spirit. I cannot tell why he who, oh God.
together for the living God. Please, I will take our seats for the announcement. You have done greatly in this victory night. Let me tell you, that home you are going to is a new home. You will see manifestation of angelic visitation like never before. And you will come and testify. Please, step outside, please. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, let's prepare for an offering tonight. It's our third night, victory night. Let's prepare our offering tonight. Let's prepare to give as we honor the Lord with our substance and with the first fruit of all our increase. We thank God for the opportunity He's given to us to receive from the throne of grace tonight. Indeed, we're experiencing God's victory in this month of February. It is a special month. And this is only the beginning of greater things to come. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In days. To absorb all that the Lord has ordained for you to receive. So as we bring tonight our tithes and our offering for those who are paying their tithes and those who are giving an offering, we expect we all give an offering to the Lord. Let's remember that the Word of God commands us to honor Him with our substance and with the first fruit of our increase. As we do that, He remembers that God Himself, or in recognition that God Himself is the, is the, is the one that has provided for us to give. And as we do that tonight, I'd like us to bow down and thank God for the opportunity that he has given to you as an individual to give. For it's out of the abundance that God has given unto us that we have brought to honor him. I appreciate God tonight for the strength he has given to you, the wisdom he has given to you, the abilities he has given to you. Thank God for that which he has blessed you with from his word, his throne of grace this evening. And thank God because of the opportunity you have to give to the extension of the work of his kingdom by virtue of your giving tonight. Father, we praise and we exalt your name. In Jesus' mighty name we're afraid. Amen. Can I invite us to please rise? The choir would lead us in a song as we bless God for our offering and then we'll take the announcements after.
shall we pray? Lord, we thank you indeed, for you are king. Lord Jesus, we appreciate once more your death on the cross of Calvary that gave us victory. Thank you, Lord, for we who are once lost and dead in sin, you have reconciled unto yourself. You've called us a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, people who have been called to show your glory in the land of the living. Thank you, Lord, for the place of privilege, for we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, and we are your inheritance in Christ Jesus, Lord. We have brought out an offering and our thighs into your storehouse with a heart of thanksgiving tonight, a heart of worship. Lord, this is a holy offering that has been brought by a holy people, and we ask, Lord, that you consume it with your holy fire. Thank you, Lord God, because whatever we lay our hands upon to do in you, we shall prosper in it. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Please be seated. Is anyone joining us tonight for the very first time? If this is your first time with us at Christ Faith Tabernacle, the cathedral. Anyone join us for the first time tonight? If you're in the auditorium, please raise your hand. Yes, yes. No. Home game. It's Saturday. Please stand. Please stand. Thank you. Indeed, you're welcome to Christ Faith Tabernacle, where the Lord Himself is building overcomers for tomorrow. Thank you for being a part of tonight's meeting. The ushers have given you a welcome pack. There is a form in it. Please would like you to complete it and return it to the ushers before you leave tonight. Thank you for being a part of tonight's meeting. We trust that you have been blessed. I'll also like to extend the same welcome to anyone who's joined us online for the very first time. Please let us know you've joined by sending us an email to admin at cftchurches.org. Admin at cftchurches.org. Let us know the city and the nation you've joined us from, and we'll reach out back to you. The Lord bless you richly as you do that. I'd like to remind us that tomorrow morning we'll be having early birds. We'll be where? At Bethesda? Early birds, yes? Intercessory prayer start at 7 a.m. And the service starts at 8 a.m. For those who would rather have an extra hour in bed, the service here at Cathedral is recommended for you. And the intercessory prayer starts at 8, no, at 9 a.m. And then the service starts at 10 a.m. The Lord bless you as you do that. Um, Just before I invite Apostle to close us tonight, Now, for those who have been coming into Cathedral, I need to let you know that the parking company at Travel Lodge have just gotten very aggressive. Extremely aggressive. Now, if you happen to have been given a ticket, there's no magic wand with this. But you need to be prepared to see through the process of an appeal. We could guide you in what to do, but at the same time, please note, 
please note that you need to ensure that when you park, you make your payments promptly. It is impossible. I don't see how it is feasible, looking at some of the tickets that we've seen, for anyone to suggest that you can park at a travel lodge and you have zero minutes, zero time for waiting to even park. There's no, at the moment, they're suggesting there's no allowance for you to even figure out if you've been able to get a parking space, you need to park a car, you need to ensure you leave your car there, you need to go and pay. But please, that process should not take you normally more than 10 minutes. If you start extending beyond 10 minutes, then you have less of a ground to, to see the appeal through. If you like some guidance as to how to write it, what to write, please see us. But please don't just take it sitting down. We need to tackle that. But at the same time, until the outcome of all of this is known, please, whenever you pay, pay promptly. And when your timing is going to expire, Ensure that you pay before that time runs out. Because they could technically also catch you on the basis of the fact that you've allowed it to lapse. It's all very, very technical, and we need to be smart at what's going on. A few people have gotten multiple tickets. It's also wrong for them to backdate it for a very, very long time. I understand some people may have been backdated three months. Now, if that's happened, in fact, please come. Let's have a chat. Don't just go well, go on and pray and say that it is a... Uh, and don't ignore the tickets, please. Because it would only mount and it makes it more difficult. I hope I've made that very, very clear. But going forward, please pay promptly. Within at least no more than about 10 minutes. If you're using the app, it shouldn't take you more than that to pay. And if you're running over... It's safer for you to pay for an hour extra than for you to have to run around and contest a ticket. I've taken a few minutes on that because I'm conscious that a few people may not have been aware that this is going on and you may not be aware that it's happening to other people as well. You might have think, thought that it was only you. We now know there are a number of people who have been affected. Praise the Lord. I'd like to invite our pastor to please close us. That's a point of law. Shall we rise up together, please? Can I also say that my personal advice would be, if all of you can, abandon that car park from tomorrow and park at the multi-story car park. It is good for you to trek from the multi-story car park to church. It's good for health. And when you close, you all trek to the multi-story car park. Multi-story car park is not like that. Any car park that you cannot pay by pay, uh, pay by phone, is it? Those, those uh, company which is more of the government, pay by phone so that um, you can always pay when you are here remotely. But for that car park, the best thing is to abandon it for now, so that at least for the next two months they don't see any one of you. And that will speak louder, and we can tell them in our appeal, because it's going to be a joint appeal now. We'll make sure that it's well structured, as Pastor has said, so that we can now, you know, uh, deal with that. And even if we finish it, it's better for all of you to park in the car, in the Spara car park. When we got the planning permission, it's the Spara car park we give to them. 
and the spiral car park and also the park before the the hotel one you know you have one park there which is government use that one if it's full go to the spiral car park put your car there and walk down and that is cheaper and also you can pay you can be sure that you can use your app to make your payments okay that would be a better advice i think we will announce it consecutively every sunday for the next uh, three sundays amen were you blessed tonight at all shall we put our hands together and read the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven how let be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is thy kingdom thy power and thy glory forever and ever shall we read hebrew together chapter 13 20 and 21 now may the god of peace that brought again dead our lord jesus that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make us perfect in every good work to do his will working in us that which is well pleasing his side through jesus christ to whom be the glory forever and ever amen and second corinthians 13 14 to somebody in the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us now to yourself May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May God send you help from his sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offering. May the Lord grant you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will all shout for joy when we are victorious and we shall be victorious in every battle. We lift up our banner in the name of the Lord. May the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, may he grant you all the desires of your heart. And the God of Bethel who appeared to Abraham and Jacob at Bethel, may he reveal himself to you, even now forevermore. Amen and amen. Before we sing our last hymn, can I say that um, those of you who are watching on the, on the internet, I heard that we had the problem with our audio, and so uh, and it was corrected eventually. But thank you for watching, and may the Lord bless you. We are sorry for that, and I can assure that that will happen again. God bless you. That shall be shouts of blessing. It will fall in your house.
may be unto us according to our confession. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Please be seated. Ushers will direct you row by row. Can you go off air, please? And everyone in that section, stay put. Go.